You are listening to Squid and the Ultimate Leafs Fan. Welcome, everyone, to the Squid and Ultimate Leafs Fan Show, brought to you by the Hockey News. With over 2 million dedicated readers, the Hockey News is the authoritative source of hockey and the number one publication in North America. With an ever-growing podcast network and video dad base on top of an already established print and digital brand, the Hockey News is there to cover all major hockey stories from around the world. Visit THN.com deal to get the best value on a subscription to the Hockey News. I'm Mike Wilson, the Ultimate Lease fan, and joining me as always is Rick Vive, affectionately known as Squid. Squid, what's been up since we last spoke? Uh, well, we got a little hockey going, Mike, and uh, obviously still going out playing a little golf. And uh, it, it's been quite nice, actually, to, you know, to turn the TV on and actually watch a hockey game <laughs> for a change because yeah. it's been so long. And, uh, but it's been fun. It's been fun. Well, today we've got, we're going to talk a little bit about the Leafs as usual and what's been going on with them. Some good things happening the other night. But I think we have a pretty exciting guest today that I'm sure our listeners are going to be thrilled to hear from. And that's the, one of the all-time great Maple Leafs, Borja Salmi. You know, you've got some background with him. I think you guys played together for seven years, if I'm not mistaken. Seven years. Yeah, seven years we played together. And uh, I remember when I first got traded there and I... They put me in a stall, and I got Borea on, on my right-hand side and Ronnie Ellis on the other side. And I'm, like, sitting there going, okay. Like, I got the de- – it seemed like I had the devil on this shoulder and, and the angel on this shoulder. <laughs> I leaned a little bit to, more towards the devil side. And uh, Borea and I became re- very close and very good friends. And uh, uh, he, he was a fantastic individual. And uh, not only that, but – a sensational hockey player, uh, both defensively and offensively. And uh, I don't think he gets enough credit for how good he was defensively. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, that's one of the things, because they always, he always had the puck all the time, sir, but he thought he was always off there. <laughs> but he took it off, guys. That's how he got it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, of course, it was different back then. I mean, the rules were different. The can opener he used and – I remember times in practice going down the wing and you'd have a step on him and he'd reach in, put his stick between yours and your body and twist. And then the puck would go off into the corner and, oh my God, you get so mad at him. <laughs> but in the games, it was great because he did the same thing and then he'd go and retrieve the puck and move it and, uh, and we'd be out of the zone. That's awesome. Well, we're going to get a little, we're going to do a little deeper dive into his career, uh, starting me back in Sweden and, you know, right up to today. So we've got lots to talk about with him. But, in the, but first and foremost, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the lads. A little better game. I think they listened to us the other day when we told them that they cannot chase the game playing against a team like Columbus. And they did exactly that on uh, Tuesday. Now, we're recording this. They play tonight and tomorrow. So hopefully we've got some good results next time we speak to you guys next week. But in the meantime, what do you think of Friday, Tuesday night's game? Obviously, it all worked. Oh, I thought they were they were pretty good. Uh, there was a couple of guys that maybe didn't play. Uh, Mitch Marner, I didn't think, played his best. John Tavares was unbelievable. Uh, Matthews was was excellent. Uh, as a team, they they were they were really good. And like I said, they got that first goal, and then they didn't take their their foot off the pedal. They just kept going and uh, basically dominated. Uh, I mean, it could have been five nothing. 
very easily uh, going into the second period, but the puck just wasn't going in. But, uh, yeah, they can't get behind. Uh, we talked about it before. They can't get behind Columbus because they're just going to jam everything up. And then they're going to they're gonna probably try a little bit harder. And then that's when mistakes happen and two-on-ones against happen. And we saw that in the first game. So hopefully, you know, they learn their lesson. And going forward, they're going to take that approach that we got to come out ready to play, get that first goal, and then go from there. Well, I think, I mean, one of the things we noticed is that, I mean, playing with the lead is so much easier, especially for a team like the Maple Leafs, because what it does is it takes that suffocating defense off, puts it on hold while they chase the game, and opening up the game makes it so much more better for the Toronto players, especially the forwards they have up front. And, but I think Kyle Clifford's hit on uh, Dean Kukan set the stage for the day. And I, those guys got a lot more ice time. They play a little bit more in the third period. But I think they could play those guys a little bit more tonight even and give a little bit more of that brute, I guess, sort of uh, forward checking that has been that truculent is probably the word that Brian Burke would use, uh, is a little bit more, I think, of what they at least have got to dose out tonight to Columbus because they're going to come back pretty hard tonight. You know that. Oh, there's no question that Columbus is going to – they're going to want to get back and, and lead the series and they're going to come out and they're going to give everything they have. But – yeah, I, I'd like to see – it depends on what Columbus does too, though. That's the problem is, you know, uh, they like to match lines, both teams. And if Columbus doesn't play their fourth line that much, then that means Toronto's fourth line is not going to play that much. But, yeah, it would be nice to see them out there. Even if they got to go against Columbus's third line or second line, they can handle that. And Clifford, uh, you know – his big hits, they turn the game around, they turn the momentum around, and that's what they need more than anything else. So I agree. I, I think uh, regardless, if Columbus throws out their second line, I, I think uh, Toronto's fourth line can handle that and go out and get the job done. Well, I mean, I think the thing is you want to take that heavy game away from them and make them play out of their comfort zone, and their comfort zone is an open game where it's not quite as tight checking and they're playing that forward press and now with Jake Muzzin out of the lineup tonight and for the rest of the series Martin Marinson is going to have that puck dumped in his corners a few times to start this game off so the try it's going to be imperative that the Toronto forwards come back and pick up their wingers and they're going to have to play as tough as they did tonight in both ends but even take it up a notch further with Muzzin out of the lineup yeah I yeah I think they're going to have to and uh, they're going to what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to play a lot better as a five-man unit now. Uh, you know, Brinson hasn't played yet. Um, you know, he, he, he's a good six, seven defenseman in, in the National League, but he's not Jake Muzzin either. And uh, we know Jake Muzzin has won a Stanley Cup. We know what he knows what, what he has to do. Brinson is not in that situation. So I, I think when he's on the ice, they got to play really good as a five-man unit and support him, support not just him, but everybody. I mean, they got to play as a five-man unit through uh, 60 minutes. And when Toronto plays as a five-man unit, they're very, very dangerous. And, uh, but when they don't, then they get in a little bit of trouble. And, and you know Columbus is just going to sit back, and they're going to wait for opportunities. And if they capitalize on it, and Toronto has to chase the game, their odds of, of winning are 
decreased by quite a bit. Well, you know that uh, the old fiery coach there, John Tortorella, he wasn't taking that line down. You could tell by his crusty answers to the media, he's not a happy guy. So you know where that's going to channel to, to the players. So at least better be prepared tonight. Now, what do you think of young Nick Robinson? I mean, he's back-to-back -back games. He played the second power play that he certainly wasn't shy to shoot that puck. And I'll tell you what, no. I don't have with that. You know what? One of these is going to go in at some point. You know what? Keep firing him. Well, when you're a goal scorer, you shoot. And you don't hesitate. You don't worry about, you know, whether or not it's going to go in. If you're a goal scorer, you shoot the puck. Every time you get an opportunity, shoot the darn puck. Because, like you said, one of them is going to squeak through. And, uh, and, and that could be a really big goal. And we don't know for sure. But uh, I like the fact that he's shooting the puck, taking some chances. Uh, and as a goal scorer, I think that's what you have to do. And like you said, I think the best thing is that one of them is going to go in sooner or later, and it could be a big one. As always, we will watch with great hope and interest, but it's time to bring our guest on. So without further ado, one of the first Europeans to play in the National Hockey League, made an immediate impact with the Maple Leafs, becoming a premier defenseman of his era, inducted in the Hall of Fame in 96, 1996 that is, named one of the greatest 100 players of all time in the NHL, and of course, an elite Maple Leaf, one of the best of all time, known as the King. We welcome Boria Salming. Boria, thanks for joining us today. And how are you coping these days with everything going on? Well, thanks. Uh, no, I'm, I'm I'm pretty good, you know. I'm getting old, you know, 69 years old, turning 70 next year. So I'm getting there, <laughs> but I'm fine, really. I'm feeling good. Well, catching up to you. Uh, you got one of your old buddies here with me, uh, Squid, on the other side of the... Yeah. Wow, that's nice to hear him. I... I talked to him for a week ago too, so uh, and I always see you know see him when we get over to the Hall of Fame uh, weekend and all that. But now we haven't seen each other for such a long time because uh, you know the the virus. Yeah. So, so speaking of which, but the virus, it's uh, put a little bit of crimp and everything going on. What do you think of the NHL playoff format? Well, I mean, uh, I think it's pretty good. I mean, uh, of course, you know, you want to have the people up, you know, watching the games for for the players. Uh, but I watch actually watch the the second game, and they really really played good, you know. So I saw that mm -hmm. because it was an early game. So so hopefully they're playing. Uh, I think they're playing tonight, aren't they? Yeah, they play tonight and uh, play tomorrow. So I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, if they play like they did the other day, a good shot. So you still follow oh, with yeah. great interest, obviously the Maple Leafs. Mm -hmm. No, I, it is. You know, I, I think. Uh, I, I mean this really hard like you know to see but but for for example we can watch it on tv so that's that's no problem to watch a hockey they sort of uh, watching tv in the regular time so but i guess it's hard for the players to play it with, without no no people on the stand so that's the only thing i guess yeah so i mean uh, so we're going to watch with great interest though so uh squid and i've been talking a lot about it on our podcast but huh? now for i'm 66 this year too so i'm catching up to you boria but um, <laughs> And, you know, Rick's a couple years behind us, but for the young listeners, <laughs> I would like to go back in your career and starting back in Sweden, you played division two for a few years before, and yeah. you were 16, I think when you started playing there, and then you start, you graduated to the elite level for three years. Just talk about those years playing in, in those leagues. Well, I mean, I, I come from the North part of Sweden, you know, Kiruna is really, really far up there. And then I moved down to, uh, to uh, called Elite League today, which is the top league, and I played with, with Brunas, 
uh, which is sort of the top team there and won the championship for two years. And uh, on the same time, I, I sort of uh, qualified for the, for the national team too. So I played two world tournaments in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Czechoslovakia in Prague and also in Moscow in 73. Just, before, just after that, I, I joined the tournament list. Now, let's, let's, let's walk through that. I mean, growing up as a young guy in northern part of Sweden, I played in Gotland, by the way, for a year. Oh, uh, really? Yes. Wow. Um, so I know all about Division Two. Then, now, did you ever dream of uh, possibly playing in the NHL, or did, were you just happy to play elite hockey and represent your country at world championships? Yeah, well, I, mean, I was going to say, in Kieran, we almost didn't have a TV, so like, you, you didn't know too much about uh, like National Hockey League, really. And I never had a dream of National Hockey League all I, you know, my dream was, you know, I, I was growing up with my older brother, brother who sort of, uh, you know, was uh, above me the whole time. So I followed him all the way. And also in Brinas, you know, he went down there for two years before me. And then when he came, I came down there, I played uh, with him as a partner too. So I was following him. So he was my idol, sort of, uh, you know, that's, that's what it was until I went over to Canada. Well... Let's walk through that. Jerry McNamara. Yeah. Now, Jerry McNamara did an event at my house tonight, and we talked this whole story about his career. So this yeah. is one of the highlights, obviously, is when he found you. But when he went to Sweden, he yeah. didn't go to look at you the first time, did he? No. No, he was looking, actually, you know, now afterwards, actually, I, I, he was looking for a, a goaltender, you know, in, in uh, Stockholm. And that's what it was. He was there and looked at him. And then all of a sudden, I, I think the, you know the Canadian team came over for a tournament, which were was in my uh, my town. And mm -hmm. he, then he, uh, I guess, he met those guys, and uh, they said, "At least follow follow us." But I think he knew about Inga Hammerstrom. Yes. Yeah. So he knew about Inga. So he wasn't really interested in him. So that's why he went there. Now he tells the story that after watching you play. Now this yeah. is Jerry's version. He actually yeah, went. Jerry's, ver Jerry's version might be different than everybody else's. But anyway. Well, you can talk in here at any time there, Squid. We'll give you a second here. But Jerry's version, and keep this in mind, boys, I'm giving his, his, his take on this was that, boy, he was looking for you after one of your games. He yeah. popped his head into a couple of the dressing rooms and he found you and he yeah. looked at you and you said, You play for the Maple Leafs? And you said, Yes. And he yeah. said, I'll come back to you. And that's kind of how it all started. Is that. Yeah. What you remember? Yeah, well, you know, when he came down to the dressing room, he, he actually, I got a, you know, when we played against the Canadian team, I got a game misconduct in the third period. <laughs> so he, when I got game misconduct, I went into the, the dressing room. So all of a sudden, when I was sitting there by myself, I think it was just a trainer, uh, he came in, all of a sudden it was a, a, a you know, big guy coming in and talking English. I mean, I didn't speak so much English at that time. So, <laughs> and but you know, he he said he you know where he was from from Canada, and he just asked me right away, "Do you want to play uh, hockey in Canada, in Toronto Maple Leafs?" Uh, and I understood like Canada and Toronto Maple Leafs uh, because I heard it. You know, like so I said yes, and then he said he gave me his uh, card and said, um, "Here's my card. I get in touch with you." Okay, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> well, you know, as the story continues from there, apparently, and this is a lot of people may not know this, but back in Toronto, 
Bob Davidson was the head scout of the Maple Leafs and uh -huh. Jerry worked for him. So now they had a very, let's put it this way, bombastic owner in Mr. Harold Ballard. So, uh, you know, when Jerry went back and was giving the scouting reports on you and a couple other players, yeah. Bob, I think, as Jerry puts it, nose was a little bit out of joint because he wanted to report to Harold. He didn't want to look bad. So he right. said he would come and look at you guys play. So when yeah. he came back to Sweden to watch you, yeah. You had said to Jerry, according to Jerry's story, is that I've got a couple other guys you might be interested in. One guy's name was Anders Hedberg, and the other guy was Alf Nielsen. Uh -huh. Now, Jerry did say he really liked Anders, but he wasn't sold on Alf because Alf wasn't as good a skater as you and uh, Anders and, and uh, Inga. Uh, but he did say that you guys had a meeting with Bob Davidson, and Bob Davidson was pretty aggressive with Anders and kind of shook him up a little bit, and he didn't come. Is that, do you recall uh, that happened? I, I can't remember, like, you know, maybe they did, did have a meeting with, with Anders, but I remember we had a meeting uh, one day, an off day there, we went up to their hotel room, me and Inga, and talked to Jerry and Bob. So I, I remember that. And they said, they, you know, there was sort of a half, after half of the tournament, so they said they wanted us to come over to uh, Canada and visit and uh, see, uh, you know, uh, the gardens and all that stuff. So, and we said that, yes. Now, the other two guys, uh, the, the, the Hedberg and Nielsen, they did okay, I think, when they went to the WHA and not played for them. <laughs> kind of worked yeah. out. Yeah, I know. I, you know because I, I, I can't remember I, if we talked about those two guys, but I guess I think they asked us, but, but they were there and saw the whole tournament, so I, they must have seen them because they played really well. And uh, of course, Anders, uh, really great skater, so. He was probably right about that. Well, um, and I, I, I'm going to get you in here in a minute, but I mean, first off now, now, Boria, uh, you and Inger flying to Canada for your first training camp. What was going through your mind coming across the ocean and flying into Toronto? Any idea what you were going to face? Well, uh, you know, what, what was good was because we visited Toronto, you know, before, like a, a couple months before which was really good because then we saw the gardens, we saw everything around a little bit, you know, so, so that was really nice. And uh, they, you know, Jim Gregory and, and uh, I met Harold too, uh, and Jerry, they were so nice. So we, we really feel, felt comfortable to, to go over. But of course we, uh, I didn't speak good English, but I, that was the only regret when I was sitting on the plane over there. Cause I, I said to myself in the school, I said, uh, when I was, uh, reading English, I said, what do I need that for? But when, when I was sitting on the plane, <laughs> home, I said, holy shit, why didn't I read? <laughs> <laughs> well, now, this, this, you can kind of recount to this one because, I mean, the Maple Leafs, I mean, you, when you got traded to Toronto and you yeah. and Billy flew across the country, yeah. what, I mean, you knew of the Maple Leafs a little more than Boria would have. What was your thought when you landed in Toronto for the first time? I mean, I think you guys... I mean, what you guys doing your way over? You guys probably know, and you two probably had a beer in the way over. <laughs> well, actually, it's funny because, yeah, Billy, we got on the plane, and Billy said, let's have a few beer. And uh, it happened to be election day in Canada, so they weren't serving alcohol on the airplane. And I think Billy, I think he got up to, I think he offered the flight attendant a 1000 bucks to serve us. So they said, Billy, don't waste your money. I said, we, we don't need a beer, like, you know, and so then we land and there's like 40 people waiting there, cameras, writers and everything. 
And I said, boy, is it, am I ever happy that we didn't drink or we didn't, didn't have any beer because that would have been terrible to come off the plane and have 40 reporters because I think our meeting with Punch after that would have been a lot different because uh, when we met with him, he said, all he said was, you guys are going to get a great opportunity to play here in Toronto and uh, just keep your nose clean and do what you do best. Now, if we had to get off the plane after six or seven beer, that meeting might have been a little bit <laughs> different. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but you know what? It was at the same time it was great because right away we went to Long Island. They were on the road, and we, we started there, came back, and you know the guys were great. You know, the Boria and Ronnie Ellis and uh, Turnbull and Daryl. Well, Daryl. I don't know if he was really happy about it because I got traded for one of his buddies, Tiger. And of course, Lanny had been shipped out and all his buddies. And that was Punch's way of getting back at Daryl. And, but, you know, at the end of the day, we all got along. And, uh, you know, it was coming to Toronto and putting on that Maple Leaf sweater for me was like, you know, unbelievable. Playing in the gardens, knowing that, you know, my parents could be watching on TV and everything. It was, it was great. Now, Boria, for you, when you walked into that dressing room for the first time for yeah. training camp, how did the players treat you? I mean, this was 1973. Yeah. Tommy Bergman had played in the league before you. Uh, there was a other Swede by the name of Elf Stenner who played a couple games in the 60s, and there was a Czechoslovakian player that played a couple games also. But you were really the first sort of big name that coming from Europe to step in. What was your thought walking through the door and how did the players respond? Well, it, it was really good. You know, we, we uh, actually, the week, uh, the first week we were not in the dressing room, the regular dressing room. We were in the dressing room across the door and that, I guess the older rookies was there and that actually the new players were there. I think there was some, uh, I don't, because Eddie Shack came back to Toronto the, at the same year too. And <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, we were there, so after week, after week, after the first week, then we got in, then we got in the dressing room. So, uh, so, uh, but it, but that was so fantastic to see just the gardens and uh, I, what I remember the first time we skated in the, at the gardens, that was uh, when we were, we came four or five days before the training camp. And uh, we, uh, me and they asked us, you know, do you want to skate? Uh, you want to go and skate? Yeah, okay, we can go skate. So we, uh, me and Inge went out uh, out on the ice, and then we saw everybody was sitting up in the stands. You know, all the, you know, uh, uh, Harold and everybody. I guess you know the whole day one. They, I guess they were anxious to see us too, see uh, if we could skate, you know, at all. So uh, me and Inge, we told, we said to each other, we said, listen, because we have been skating with Brunus, you know, for for two months. So we really, we were really prepared for the, for the training camp. But we said, let's really show them now. So we skated like crazy, like crazy, we're shooting a puck and everything. So uh, really tried to show them like, no, we can play hockey. So, and I, you know, Jerry told me afterwards, you know, like many years afterwards, he said, listen, that time, because he was so nervous because everybody else, nobody else had seen us play. So why yes. Bob Davidson, but, but then everybody sort of looked up to Jerry. Oh my God, they're good. <laughs> <laughs> and that, 
Okay, yeah, well, what did I say? <laughs> uh, well, so I guess that was, that was fun sort of afterwards. So you did feel, I mean, did you feel any, so you did feel some pressure, obviously, going into that camp. Mm. Oh, yeah, I mean, there was, there was a lot of pressure because coming from another country and come in and play, and, you know, we, we knew a little bit uh, because we knew there was like a lot of fighting because it, we, you know, in Sweden you can't fight and all that stuff. So, but when we were, uh, we, you know, got in the dressing room, the guys in the, they really took care of us really good. You know, they could see, uh, you know, I think they could see that we could play hockey and we maybe could help them. So at, at that, they were really nice to us. But of course in training camp, there was, there was a lot of, uh, that was, that was tough because a lot of guys wanted to kick us out of there too. So who, uh, okay, so who was the first guy? To, uh, that's what I was going to ask you next. During the scrimmages, you obviously must have been tested a few times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who, who was the first guy to take a shot at you? Oh, I can't remember. I think there was a lot of them. You <laughs> 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 wanted to show those chicken sweets, you know, let's, let's see, let's go home. Uh, because, you know, we, really, if you look at it, because we're coming over and trying to take their job. So yeah. it was a little bit like that. So yeah. I, you know, now Rick, I mean, you can relate to that. What was your first practice like with the Leafs when you stepped on the ice and you're traded for a couple of very popular players? Yeah. You guys, you and Billy feel a little bit of, now that you realize what you're walking into after being greeted at the airport, did that sort of twist you guys a little differently? Well, no, not, not me anyway. I don't know about Billy, but for me, I was happy because I wasn't getting the opportunity of Vancouver. And I knew that I was going to get that opportunity in Toronto. And so I was excited more than anything. I wasn't nervous. I was excited. And uh, I remember the first game, we were in Long Island. And uh, and I scored two goals that night. And then I thought, after that, it was like, okay, everything's going to be fine. I'm going to get a chance to play. They said I would. You know, I did. I scored two goals in my first game. So I... I felt quite comfortable, and and the guys made it very comfortable for us too. And that that was the most important thing. And uh, you know, I, I think that and, and Boria could probably speak to this too. Is that you know you look at today, you look at back then, and you know when the captain or whoever says let's go for we're going for lunch, you better show up. And uh, Boria would be there. And today it's, it's a lot different. Like, you know, guys don't show up for lunches or team gatherings and, and that sort of thing. But back then it was a lot different. So everybody was there. And I think that would, probably was the best thing for me because you got to talk to everybody and you got to sit down and have a beer and talk to everybody. And uh, I think that kind of, brought us together and made you feel like, okay, I'm part of this. Well, you know, that's part of it too, Boris. So there, I was going to go with that in a little bit, but we'll get right into that now. I mean, part of the team rituals are the fabric of team bonding, and it's very prevalent in all sports. And hockey, for you, that part of it, the socializing, like in Sweden, did your team go out, your teams would go out after him and they'd go and have a beer or they'd socialize. But in hockey, it was a very predominant thing for players to go out together to have a beer. How did you find all that when you first arrived? Did that surprise you or were you expecting that? No, not really. I mean, 
in, in Sweden too, like, you know, of course, everybody, they were not professional back home. Everybody has a job and work daytime and all that stuff. So you can't go and have a, have a beer because you have a practice. Then you go back to work for some of the guys. But, but in Canada, that was really good. You know, like it's good to say, you know, that's, that's really important to, 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 to join the guys. And, you know, of course, you see each other in the dressing room and everything, but that's really important you know, off, off the ice and, you know, sit and then, you know, have a chat and then discuss the different things. And that, then you really get so much closer to each other. And that's how you build a team, I think. And not just drinking beer, but I mean, I have a beer. Because then everybody sort of relax and, you know, maybe want to say something and everything like, you know, everybody's listening to everybody too. So that yeah, was I mean, like today, so Sorry, Rick. Sorry, Corey. Going back to that, and uh, that brings a, a certain amount of trust, too, between the players when you get to know one another. And I remember during our time there, if you, you, you probably remember when Harold canceled the charters for the whole second half of the season. Yeah. And we were, so now we were staying overnight after every game, and we yeah. had Miroslav Freacher and Hedicek, and there was a lot of new guys in the fold and we would go out after games on the road and get to know these guys which we didn't know them that well and I thought that that was probably the best thing that ever happened to us we were the fifth best team in the league in the second half because all of a sudden you know I got to know Peter and, and Miro and some of the guys that we didn't really get to know and then all of a sudden there was a lot of thrust there in one another. And I thought that was really, really important. Much the same as you guys probably had in the seventies, I would think. No, that's true. Because I, that's what's so important to, to, uh, I, I told Inga too, because Inga didn't drink uh, at all because his, uh, his dad had some problems. So he said, I'm not drinking, but I told him, listen, Inga, you got to follow, come with us. Try take one beer. I know you don't like it, but have a beer just to chat with the guys and everything, because it's really important to know everybody off the ice too. And I think that's that's really good what what we we did there. And same when you and Billy came. I mean, I know how hard it is to. I never got traded to to a team, but I know how hard it got to be to come to another team from another team. You know, so then you got really even more make them you know home because you know they're coming to us and they're going to help us so that's really important well and again you, if you guys look at today the kids today go to the rink they eat at the rink now then they go home and play yeah. video games <laughs> yeah, yeah <no. laughs> a little different <laughs> it's a little different so i mean you know then hearing these type of stories they just probably can't and the other part of it is uh, you and inga would be the only two foreign players on the club yeah. And you're looking around the room of 18, 20 other guys. I mean, now today, there could be eight Swedes, five Americans, four Czechs, and five yeah. Canadians. Yeah, you know? it is a little different. Yeah, it is different. I mean, but, I mean, but uh, you know, when, when we made a team, like when we came in, Brussels, they, were, they were so nice. They were, they were so nice, everybody, to us. And because I think they saw that we could play hockey and we, could, we can help this team. And when they knew that, Everybody was so nice, really. You remember your so that brings me, oh. hold on, that bring, brings me back to when I yeah. came in. And of course, we got treated very well. Boria treated yeah. us extremely well. And I remember Boria having a few parties at his house. 
to get the guys all together and so on. And uh, I remember the one time you had a beautiful place in Hyde Park. And I remember going into the kitchen and looking for a beer or something. And I opened a fridge and it was just all bottles of vodka. The whole fridge. <laughs> you had two fridges. <laughs> and I, I went, oh, okay, this is, this, this is different. But, but you know what? That, that Boria had those get-togethers to make us feel like we were all a team. And I, I really, really enjoyed that. I thought it was really good that he did that. And, uh, but you know what, I, it just made us all feel more comfortable, you know, that, that guys that were older than us were looking out for us and making sure that we felt comfortable. And, uh, that was one of the, the, the highlights of, of us coming to Toronto was, and I know Joyce, uh, my wife, we went there to Boreas a few times and we got treated like, uh, like we were family. Well, I know any of the guys I talked to from that era said that Toronto Maple Leaf teams from the 80s, they weren't that good, but those guys sure had a good time. So you can... <laughs> Yeah, we had a good time on, on, on the ice and off the ice. <laughs> well, Bory, here, let's go back to your, do you remember your first game was against Buffalo? And, yeah. And you were a player of the game. So did that, did you sort of take a sigh of relief and think, I've showed them that I can play? Well, I, I knew I could play. I mean, we played some exhibition games, so we, that was not the first game I played. So I knew what was going on. But, uh, of course, there was a lot of, you know, nerves, you know, to go in in the first game there. But it was just, you know, I never had problems really with that. You know, all I did, you know, want to go out and play hockey and I love the game. So that was, I, I just played my game and played hard. So that's all I thought of. Okay, well, how about this one? Your second game was in Philadelphia. Now, how about going yeah. to the, What did you know about the Spectrum at the time and playing the Flyers? Nothing. How does that surprise going in there? Well, it's probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Really, I, I didn't know nothing about that. And, and that was a funny story I have because in this, I think it was in the first or second um, period, I, was, I had a fight with uh, Dave Schultz. <laughs> yeah, you know, I... He's, he slashed me in, in, in the corner, and I slashed him back because, you know, all the guys said, you know, don't just get hammer back, you know, whatever you do, you know, and if you drop the gloves, you know, you know, no, just give them back, okay? So I said, fuck it, you know, I, I gave him a, a slash to back, and all of a sudden we came up the blue line, he slashed me, I slashed him back, and then we dropped the gloves, and we had a fight, and uh, I mean, of course, in actually in, in, the, in the training camp, we did a some practice after practice the guys teach us how we're supposed to hold on to the guys and little tricks and all that stuff which was good but i i i, I said sort of uh when i tell the story i always said you know i was holding on for my life you know because but but the, mike pellick actually told a little story too he said dave Schultz tried to hit me but he couldn't get it in a, not one shot and i remember that he didn't get a shot at me and and uh and he was frustrated, I guess Mike said. But anyway, so I, the the fight was good. I don't, I don't know if I got it in any hits, and I can't remember that. But uh, the fight was okay. But it was the, the the fun thing that was, I, I came in the dressing room after the first period, and we're sitting, and I can't remember who sat beside me. And he said, "Well, well, everybody said, what a good warrior, good fight, and everything. Oh, thanks." Uh, and then he said, "Do you know that guy? Do you know who you, you were fighting?" <laughs> I said, no. 
And he said, well, that was the toughest guy in national hockey. Oh, really? Oh, okay, thanks. So maybe, so, so maybe Borea was a good thing that you didn't know a lot about what was going on, the flyers and the, you know, broad street bullies and who the yeah. tough guys were because that kind of, if you hadn't known all that and everybody had explained everything like that to you, you might have maybe gone looking at it a little bit differently, whereas the being naive to the situation, so to speak, not knowing probably helped you. Oh, yeah. No, I agree with you. You know, that was better to don't, not, not know anything about them. Yeah, that was, I agree 100%. Well, now, Whereas in my in my case, it was a lot different because I knew all about it. Yeah. And I, I felt that I had to fight in order to give myself some room and, and let people know that, okay, you're not going to intimidate me. But the problem was I got the hell beat out of me a, a shitload of times because I had to fight some of the tough guys. And uh, I remember playing against Boston and everybody talking about you know, Stan Jonathan and Winsink and all these guys. But I remember going into the boards with Stan Jonathan. We came off the boards. I don't know what happened, but our gloves came off. And I grabbed him and I hit him square in the nose with the three hardest punches I could ever throw. And I looked at him and he went, <laughs> and I went, oh boy. So I just grabbed on and he came out with an uppercut, kind of dazed me a bit, threw me down. And he said, don't ever do that again, kid. And I said, okay. <laughs> but, the, but the good thing is he knew that I was going to show up. Yeah. And, and I think everybody on that team at that point knew that, okay, we can't intimidate this guy because he's going to show up. And I, I thought that was one of the big things that I had to do at the beginning of my career because I knew all about it. Whereas you didn't, which probably was a good big help to you. Mm -hmm. You've just listened to the first part of our two-part interview with Borja Salming, uh, the all-time great Maple Leaf defenseman and Hall of Famer. Uh, tune in next week for part two. But in the meantime, listening to this one, you can get us on all our social media pages, Rick Vive Instagram page, the Ultimate Leafs Fan Instagram page, the Ultimate Leaf Fan YouTube page. Watch for our Twitters on Squid and the Ultimate Leaf Fan. And the Hockey News, our sponsor, the Hockey News, visit THN.com slash deal for subscription rates. Tune into the Hockey News, your source for sports and sports hockey news, that is. So that we'll leave it at that, guys, and we'll talk to you next week.